to Tarot for the Wild Soul Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Soul's Evolution. I am your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you for being with me today. So y'all, this is episode one, the magician episode. I'm so fucking excited to be here with everyone. (laughs) When I came up with the, well, I've wanted to do a podcast for a while And when it flowed, and I realized that it was going to be, um, when I sort of knew energetically that it needed, it was asking to be birthed um, on August 1st, it was before I knew what an intense month, let's just say, (laughs) August will be. So hopefully this serves to um, be a little light in the... um, I don't know, in the void of the month. It's nothing to be afraid of, but it is kind of a void. We'll talk about that today. So this is episode one. Um, If you're listening, if you know me, if you don't know me, whatever, um, I'm so honored to have you. Uh, Just really quickly, every one of my episodes for this podcast is going to be a little different on a weekly basis. So The first episodes of the month will always be released on the first of the month, and they'll always be just with me, a solo recording that's just an energetic read with tarot, you know, channeling, working through whatever we're looking at energetically in terms of the moon phases. It's meant to be a little download. Uh, I don't know how little it'll be, but... (laughs) um, It's meant to be a really humble, juicy download for whatever support and whatever guidance and whatever clarity you may need or want. Fuck, if you don't need it, that's great. But um, need or want for the month ahead. So this is always released on the first of the month about the month ahead. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, you'll see that I'll be releasing a podcast every week Um, And just to refresh anyone who hasn't heard this before, weeks two and four of the podcast will always be a conversation with a fellow tarot user. Uh, I'm going to be very committed on this podcast to interviewing and having conversations with people, as I like to say, uh, who use tarot um, from all kind of walks, from certainly from all walks, um, from all backgrounds, and all skill sets. Uh, I'm really committed to uh, giving voice um, and offering a worldview um, publicly from people who use tarot of all stripes. So I want to I want to offer the voices of people who are just starting, literally just starting on their tarot journeys, and I want to offer people you know have conversations with people who are masters, perhaps who've been doing it for multiple decades. Um, I, everyone, um, everyone is a master in their own way and everyone is an eternal student when it comes to tarot and, um, the insights and the journeys of my students who are very new on their paths and people who have never taught, who are fairly new on their path, people who want to quit their jobs and do this full time, people who have done it, people who have no desire to quit their jobs. They're just looking to deep in their practice and tarot is a very important tool for them. I'm just talking to people who are using tarot on their soul journey. So that's a little long, sorry, but looking forward to sharing that. And then week three on the podcast will always be again, me solo. Um, I mean, again, we'll see it's all rolling, but this is the way it's, it is right now. Um, me solo talking about a lesson of some kind. So we might talk about a card. We might talk about a number. We might talk about how to do, tarot, um, different spreads and how to do with the moon phases. It's going to be really cool. Just an offering from my heart. And for those of you who don't know me, rather than take up time on the podcast, I'll just quickly say that I'm an intuitive with over 20 years of tarot reading experience and have been doing it professionally without, I guess, a day job for about three years. I think if I have my year wrong, I'm sorry. Sometimes I get confused about that. I think it's been two actually two and a half. I don't know. (laughs) I should know that, but, um, I am the founder of Tarot for the Wild Soul, uh, 
which is this podcast. I'm also the founder of Wild Soul Healing, which is my healing practice in Brooklyn and Soul Tarot School. Um, and I'm an intuitive tarot reader, intuitive period, um, holistic counselor and teacher. And I mentor people and write and teach tarot all over. And this uh, podcast was birthed out of my desire to serve and hopefully it serves you. And if I forgot anything, I'll stick it in the liner notes. Okay. So how this is going to go is this is, uh, we're going to talk about different things. So basically, again, this will be a regular offering first of every month. So what I have for you today is a little energetic read on the medicine of the month ahead. I have that through tarot cards that I pulled through before recording this, dropping in with my guides and having that come through, Um, as well as a mantra that came through about the month. I'll talk about that. We'll talk about the moon phases, etc. So I encourage you um, in your treatment of this, if you'd like to, you can listen to this anywhere you want. You can listen to this in your car doing your thing. You can listen to this very intently with your notebook. You can half pay attention to it. Uh, Really trust your instinct. I think um, whatever feels right to you will come through. So um, this is special, but before I kind of get into the tarot of it all, I just want to say to everybody, uh, happy Lamas. Happy Lamas. Today is Lamas, August 1st. it kind of ranges, but it's really today that it all is. So um, this is the Wiccan day of harvest and thanks. So I can't think again. I didn't know that when I decided to launch this on August 1st. It's beautiful. Um, so how we can, first of all, Lamas is the most beautiful way of uh, really going into this, uh, month ahead with grace, (laughs) because I think even, you know, there's nothing to fear here. I'm going to talk about that, but we have an intense month ahead. So I think starting from a place of, um, nourishment of practice of gratitude and of review, it's just the most perfect aligned, uh, beautiful way, I think to, um, It's just all in alignment so beautifully. So some of the things that you can do to honor Lamas, uh, the first thing in the most traditional kind of popular way of honoring it is to bake bread, to actually use your hands to really work with the elements of water and of air, of oxygen, of um, beautiful food. Wheat has a beautiful place in Lamas just um, because it's all about reaping what you sow. It's all about looking. This is our opportunity today to look at what we have planted over the last six months, nine months, a year, since the last day of thanks and of harvest, to look very, very deeply. What have we been planting? And do we, is it time to harvest anything? Is it time to plant new seeds today? And the answer is typically yes, that there's this beautiful, for some of us, there may be this very beautiful acknowledgement that I encourage you to take of how we've grown, how you've grown since the last time, since last August, to really look at that. And for some of us, it might be that we see the seeds that we've planted and we think, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not sure that I love this what's growing in my garden. I'm grateful for it. It's teaching me something, but I may be ready to harvest this and serve it and honor it and maybe throw it on the fire as an offering, but I think I'm ready to plant something different. This is your time to do that. And again, um, Wiccan, any kind of um, pagan, I should say, it's not exclusive to Wiccan. I apologize for that. Any kind of pagan holiday is just, and it belongs to everyone. It's just another way of connecting back to the root and to the heart of an old way, the old ways, and of connection with our physical hands to earth, to nature, and marking that time. And even though it's a 
very high summer in this part of the world. Um, we're still preparing. We're still honoring that something's turning and it's very high summer. And so we can look around us and see all of these things in full bloom. What have we accomplished? What are we loving? What are we not loving? All of these things are possible for us to review today. So I encourage you uh, to bake bread if you can do that. And if you're allergic to wheat, like me, <laughs> I hate it. Um, you know, you can bake something else that's really beautiful. And another incredible way to honor llamas is, of course, through fire. So have yourself a safe uh, burning ceremony. It's uh, just a, a really, really powerful uh, high holy day. And I encourage you to look more into it. And I believe for those on the other side of the globe, it's in bulk today. So if you're living there, you can check that out as well. Okay, so the medicine for this month, the um, intuitive, the my guides sometimes tell me themes for months, which I've shared before on my Instagram. The theme for this month, the, the kind of sacred medicine for this month, the term I was offered is the term activation through incubation. That's the theme of the month ahead of August. Um, how this is playing out is in a few ways. So first of all, activation, if you literally look it up in the dictionary, is the action or process of making something active or operative. If we zoom that back, it looks very pedestrian, but if you really zoom back on that and look at what the last nine months to six months to eight months have been sort of doing for and to us, it's a process of breaking down in order to rebuild. Every one of us, whether we've been able to name it or identify it or trust it or know it, have been in deep waters, being completely stripped of our identity and who we think we are in order to stand in who we are. And the, there are two big reasons for that. The first is to be of service, to be allies, to be available for activism, to be available to stand up, to drop victimhood, to drop excuses, to drop shame, in order to stand fully in our power for ourselves and for our fellow man, and especially for our Mother Earth. And very importantly, because it's a much bigger thing, it's a dharmic thing. Everybody comes here to the planet to serve a purpose. Everybody here has a legacy to leave and everybody here has um, things that are a very crucial part of our soul purpose to offer and to embody and to live. And so when we think of this idea as activation from a soul perspective, we are literally in the process. So first of all, we are in process collectively. That's very important to understand. Think about a woman who's pregnant. Think about a cocoon holding a chrysalis, you know, holding the caterpillar in process to becoming a butterfly. We're not going to snap our fingers and make that caterpillar in the middle of its transition come out and do tap dances. <laughs> that would be wonderful <laughs> if a caterpillar could do tap dances, but um, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be able to do that. So, we want to go into August, a month with two enormous eclipses, enormous moon phases, all landing on Tuesdays, which are ruled by Mars, ruled by the Tower. We're going to talk all about that. We are moving and evolving through cards that I've pulled for us this month that are really no joke. Even I, when I pulled them, was like, okay, damn. It's really powerful. So how can we meet that challenge? By understanding that we are being alchemized, shifted, changed. We're in process to become useful, to become active in a whole new way, to become operatives from a place of soul rather than a place of ego or fear. So very important. We are being activated, but on a whole new level. And the word incubation of course, we think of eggs, we think of, uh, you know, a period where someone is 
kept from contact from germs. All of those things scientifically bring us right into the heart of the meaning of that. The term incubation also has a very long history in religious practice. It's in the Bible. It's in, um, uh, there's a beautiful Islamic practice that I've read about that do not know enough about to honor fully, but having to do with, um, both are very similar in their own ways, having to do with a practice of coming into a sacred space in order to receive divine messages through dreams. Coming into, first of all, silence, no contact, a little bit of space, and we're going to talk a lot about that, in order to receive. So anyone who does intuitive work, or if you're someone who you're very committed, you'd like to open up your intuition, I can tell you as an intuitive, the main ingredient to deepening your intuitive um, well, your intuitive channel is quiet. It's space. And the need to create space is probably the most intense, beautiful um, evolutionary process for any intuitive to go through. And that shows up very practically. We may be called to really give away a lot of our belongings. We may be called to parse down. We may be called to level up to kind of have more space in us that's not filled with as much. This idea of creation of space, um, and a, it's a beautiful dovetail into the card I pulled for kind of the theme of the month, which I'll get into in a few minutes, um, which has a lot to do with space. To understand that in order to be activated, we need to go within. And that doesn't mean laziness. That doesn't mean not being, you know, um, awake and available for service and for activism and for direct contact. But it means that we honor the quiet just as much as we honor our directions and our voices and the clarity of that it means that there's a healthy balance of both so that there can be just as much reflection as there is action. And that's the deal right now. Because energetically, there's nothing but action. And there's nothing but movement and pushing and forcing. All of that's really coming to a gentle close. Um, even beyond, like, the, like uh, it's easy to think immediately of the political climate it's really important not to just limit it to that. There's shit getting stirred up and changed in all of us that have been, it's been happening for some of us like 30 years, 40 years, 50, 60. It's old, down to the bone, old ways. We're learning a new way. So I've been told to tell everyone, deeply respect the process. And, you know, I didn't mention this kind of directly, but when I do these, it's all from my guides. Um, I, as Lindsay woman, I don't know how much I know <laughs> about life in general, but um, when it comes through my channel, it feels very clean. So whatever I'm sharing is from, from that source. Um, so activation through incubation. Another really beautiful thing to note is um, something that I always like to reflect on is the fact that August holds and contains, every month contains two astrological signs within it. So we're moving from Leo to Virgo this month, of course. And that means that in terms of the tarot, we're moving from strength to the hermit. This is really important to honor and to look very deeply at. Strength is deep medicine. First of all, we've left behind the kind of beauty and the glory of line one in the tarot. And we've decided to journey deeper. This is the essence of the fool's journey. We're just going to go deeper, even though we have everything in the chariot. And we're only going to go further. So strength, ruled by Leo, is the invitation to look very, very deeply at what scares us so that we can befriend it, so that our fears don't have as much control or power over us. This is the 
act um, in Buddhism of inviting Mara to tea, inviting our fears and our worries and our panic to tea and just sitting with them, hanging out, listening to them, honoring the fact that it may not be our truth, but it's just as much of a viable part of us as any other. There's so much good wisdom and fear, actually. So everyone I know can identify with that. Even though cancer season was very powerful, very intense, um, and Leo season has felt a bit better, we're still being called into those deep places. Now we have our feet under us and are out of the water so that we can really be active about it all. Again, this deep kind of fluctuation between action and reception. And then, of course, Virgo is ruled by the hermit. And this also is a perfect way of visual. The hermit is, you know, a sage, deep wisdom, a time of inward looking. It can also be viewed as the crone of an elder of deep medicine, of deep wisdom, Baba Yaga, you can, we can think of. But more importantly than all that, the hermit as an energetic presence, it's as a card is really an invitation to pause, to not really do too, too much, to not really be pushing too much out into the world. It's really a time to be, again, receptive. And then all that really starts to change again as we move forward. And that doesn't mean we're not going to do anything with this time. It's a time of enormous transformation this month. But again, the invitations to give birth and to flower and to bloom open and to share and to, let me look at this podcast, like I'm birthing this into the world during this time. We're going to be birthing. It's that we're learning to restore and to integrate and to incubate just as much as we are giving. So we're really learning a sacred balance of giving and receiving, moving in a whole new way. So the card that came through that I pulled for the overall collective wisdom of the month, this is, I pulled for literally the collective. This is an invitation. So when I pull these cards, it's not that I'm claiming this is happening to us. It's the way the current's moving. It's the way the river's flowing. It's a way that is uh, aligned with ease and grace. If we are willing to say yes to these energies, it'll make our month really smooth. If we say no, there'll just be more lessons to learn with doing it the hard way. Um, so think of these as little hands being held out to you for the month for guidance and direction ahead on sort of where we're being asked to place our intention and focus. So the sacred collective energy that we're being invited into this month is the high priestess. So really let that land. A month of insane eclipses, essentially moving through tower the whole month. A time of, you know, huge moon phases, a mercury retrograde of the high, high heat of summer in this part of the world, we're being called into the card ruled by the moon. That is the essence of the feminine principle, the essence of the receptive center, literally, literally sitting down at the gates of her inner self, this is our invitation. And I encourage you to deeply reflect on that because it confirms that we're moving into a time, you know, again, the high priestess is ruled by the moon. The high priestess in the rider weight, the Smith rider weight, literally looks like a vagina for a reason. It's because she's sitting at the bottom of a column of two columns, a black column and a white column, representing dark moon, full moon, literally standing, or sorry, sitting in her throne at the base of this. The high priestess has um, deep uh, connections, not to woman necessarily, but to bleeding, as many individuals can bleed, whether or not they identify as any gender. 
Um, the bleeding element is the symbol of the pomegranates behind the high priestess. It's also the symbol of, in the Mother Peace Tarot, the woman who literally having her menstrual blood come out of her. It's a space that women were able to get to in the old days without electric lights, without anything when they were all bleeding on at the same time in the community. This was the psychic space of intuitive wisdom that women were able, were said to be able to just get through based on the idea that they were in their power in this time of deep openness and of ripeness and of, um, again, bleeding, which is considered to be a very, very powerful space of psychic wisdom. So how we can contextualize all that to now is that the high priestess in order to, when the high priestess shows up in a reading, she's essentially saying to us, you already know the answers that you're seeking. However, you have to create the environment to hear them. So what is your environment like? This is the first place to deeply reflect. You chasing after bullshit people trying to get them to date you or like you or be friends with you or approve of you? Are you trying to whatever, you know, get press, more followers, more likes? You trying to get your parents to approve? Are you trying hanging out with people you don't particularly like? It's not anything to admonish yourself about. <laughs> You're not in trouble or doing it wrong. Everybody's going through something like that. The question is, what are you willing to let go of? When the brain kicks up and is like, but I want to be with someone, fuck that, like I'm ready for a partner, or the brain kicks up and is like, I don't have any money. The brain is not necessarily the most reliable narrator for us. So just start with willingness. Are you willing to consider that whatever you're holding that's not serving you can be very easily let go of? And are you willing to come into empowerment? Because the gift of empowered action is that it will clear space in order for you to connect more deeply with your inner high priestess, your truth, not necessarily running to the here or there to see what anyone else has to say. It's you that you need to be hearing, your guides, your wisdom, your compass. And that's what she's here for. That's what they're here for, I should say. Um... Be willing to deeply reflect on that. That's the big collective energy right now. High priestess, self. You're really the essence of high priestess is the word in. You have to travel very deep into, your, into ourselves, into yourself, to access the inner high priestess. So take an inventory of your life. Is there literally physically energetically, realistically enough space for you to make contact with her? Is there resistance? Do you feel scared of what you might find? Promise you, you're only going to find you and that's okay. You know, it's all right. So that's a beautiful practice for this month. Whatever is aiding you in staying a little bit above the power of high priestess be willing to let it go be willing to let the eclipses really work through it give it over to this time this was this month is all about it's crunching and crushing and swiping everything away so that we're left with what's true so if you can be empowered in your awareness of why what how where you have things that prevent you from going into that full bloom space within yourself will make things, I don't know, less, uh, <laughs> at least it'll be a discomfort that you'll know what's going on in. So that's the big collective invitation. What we're about to transition out of this month and what we're leaving behind in July is the world card. So 
even though the world card is a magnificent card, it's okay when we cycle out of magnificent cards. It doesn't mean that shitty times are ahead. It just means that different times are ahead. So the world is ruled by Saturn and is a deep karmic end to something. It's as big as it gets. It's as beautiful as it gets. And it truly means, think about Saturn return, etc. We have done our karmic work our due diligence, we've learned something, what we were supposed to learn, and we're ready to cycle out of it and into something new. So this is amazing news, whether we were aware of it or not, whether you've been aware of it or not, all of the intensity and some of the discomfort you may have been feeling has really all been in service to helping you let go of what you weren't meant to be carrying anymore in order to step up and deeply be of service where you're meant to be. So again, I invite you to reflect, where have you been just disregarding the last month or so as being, you know, tough or intense or too much or too little or, you know, where is everything, you know, whatever, wherever you've been, can you in hindsight reflect on the idea, even if you're in a tough spot now, wherever you are, of this idea that things are changing and that's okay. And that change is really scary always. And that change is really intense, but to really honor, we have been moving through something much larger than we've been giving ourselves credit for perhaps. So to really look at that, what we're leaving behind is the world. It means we're ready to step up into a whole new karmic cycle. We're completely done with what we were dealing with in July. The deal with the world card is that we literally learn everything we're supposed to learn in these lessons and we just won't visit them again because we're finished with them. So it's a beautiful omen of what's to come. And again, you can wrap that into your Lummis ritual, really honor that. We're not going to go back to where we were. And that's beautiful. So what is what this cycle, this month is bringing in terms of a direct um, kind of evolutionary invitation is the death card. So again, when I pulled that shit, I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) like all right so for anyone who's listening to this who is new to tarot or is a little bit less comfortable with it please there's nothing to fear from the death card truly and completely nothing um it really is if you ever feel scared of the death card i want you to just think of leaves falling off of a tree in autumn that's that's as tough as it is it's the letting go the weeding the releasing, the shedding, uh, a snake shedding its skin, a body decomposing, not in a morbid way, just in a natural way, going back home to the earth, Um, leaves coming off of a tree, anything like that, Um, that's the death card. It's the process that turns what we're ready to let go of, and it's not even... um, it's so in alignment with nature, the death card. It, it means something's reached the end of its time. We're just not meant to carry it anymore. It's the process of turning something that's been kind of growing in our garden, so to speak, into compost, into sacred fertilizer. So what we've been growing might not, we may not want it in our garden anymore, or these leaves that are falling from the trees You know, we may not just want them on our lawns, but we may, they're a beautiful addition to our compost pile and we'll create food to nourish what we are ready to grow. And so that's really important. Death card is a transformation. The only thing that freaks us out about the death card, trees do not have um, the giant prefrontal cortex as we do. (laughs) Trees don't have the kinds of parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems we do trees are alive sentient sacred fucking beings but they allow there's no resistance they don't hold onto the leaves that are ready to go they let them go 
that's our gig here. That's what we're doing is learning. This is, this is like literally a part of why we incarnated here on earth to learn how to do this, to learn how to let the leaves go when they're ready to go and to not grip onto them. So this is perfect as a dovetail into the astrological and transitory medicine of this month. We have two eclipses, one solar, one lunar, in the signs of uh, Leo and Aquarius. I flipped them, but um, lunar eclipse, I believe. Let me see, refreshing myself. Yeah, a full moon lunar eclipse in Aquarius on the 7th. And, oh yeah, full moon lunar eclipse in Aquarius on the 7th. And a new moon total solar eclipse in Leo on the 21st. So, just refreshing myself. I can tend to get things backwards. You will experience that at some point in this podcast. But eclipses... Um, do inspire rapid change and growth in a short period of time. They are accelerators, but I, I prefer to go into a different uh, realm with them. Where eclipses are really powerful, and yes, they are accelerators, but they also help us to see in different ways. So in a solar eclipse, we are able to literally see in the dark, to see things that we're not able to, maybe don't want to, that we're ready to see, but we may not be able to do it all the time. It's a very special heightened form of seership. So that's the first thing to really look at in death. What are we ready to see? Finally, get the clap and the bolt of lightning around. What are we ready really to let go of? And in terms of a lunar eclipse, we're able to go within in a whole different way, in a very powerful way. This lunar eclipse in Aquarius is so powerful. Um, I'll get into more of the energies of them in a moment, but really all of them, eclipses are very deeply woven into this idea of a sacred death. It's really a time to let, really we have almost no control when the death card comes up. Something's letting go of us. It's our job to let it go and to understand that it's one tiny part of a much larger um, life, death, life, birth, death, birth cycle. And that we're not losing anything, but merely clearing space to gain. Um, hopefully something way more in alignment. So we are walking through death this month, but that's perfect. We're turning things around. We're transforming, you know, into gold, literally. So honor that. Honor that process and know that um, we can always, again, practice willingness. Willingness to be in ease and grace by allowing whatever needs to go to go on its time. And uh, every month I'll always pull like a little message, a little piece of medicine from Divine. This was sort of, um, I don't know, like a, like a whatever special message that wanted to come through. And that came through in the form of Page of Wands. So you're going to learn on this podcast, I have a little bit of a different um, way of interpreting the court cards than other people. Uh, not better, not worse, just definitely different. Um, so page of wands, first of all, be willing to strip the idea that court cards are different people. Um, there is a soul to them that's a little deeper than that. Actually, that's a beautiful way, uh, of interpreting them, but there's more. So the pages in the tarot, there are all kinds of different schools to this. The kind that really resonates with me is that the pages are ruled in a dual elementation with fire and earth. So the pages are less um, kind of little naive children than they are awakened, reborn, 
little beings filled with cosmic wonderment and wisdom. They're the ones after the tens that have learned to apply deep wisdom and experience to their respective elements. So the whole fucking time in the wand suit, we're trying to learn how to master this fire, this fire that really kind of has no chill <laughs> in the wand suit. Like, you know, we're in isolation with it and then we're in kind of fighting with it and then we're in victory with it. But again, it's kind of solo. We're a little bit above everyone. Then we're trying to defend our position and then we're alone again. And that's sort of the hubris, the deal with, um, I think, the ego. And the wands are very important with that. But the Page of Wands is really different. The Page of Wands has learned how to root his fire. He's learned how to pause before moving. And he's learned how to move with divine timing, divine alignment with the earth instead of just up in the head. Whenever the mood strikes him, it is a maturation of the fire. And that's exactly what's happening to us. It's not that we're not going to be moving and acting I actually think that these eclipses are going to be very ripe in terms of um, intuitive downloads, deep ideas. Like That's not necessarily the cards that came up, but this is the overall medicine, not necessarily the day-to-day. -day. I think energetically, it's a huge clearing so that we can receive more, so that we can stand up and be of service in a whole new way. So with the Page of Wands kind of being this like gentle little telegram of uh, awareness, it's kind of letting us know, you know, you're going to be able to do everything you want to do. You're going to be able to move and groove through the world as you want to. Just not going to do it in a way that's going to fuck you up <laughs> or rob you of your essence or burn you out. This is another really important thing. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone after the election. Um, no matter who, you know, you voted for, I, I hope everyone feels free to listen to this, no matter who you voted for. But um, I know for myself, I felt very called to take action to, to help. And I know a lot of people felt the same. And a lot of people got burned out very quickly. A lot of people got burned out. Sorry, I think you can probably hear the motorcycles. It's like New York. What, what am I going to do? Um, a lot of people got burned out just by reading Instagram, just by reading social media, just by uh, reading the news. It's took us, took, took it out of us in a big way and took it out of a lot of people. And I think even if people were happy with the administration, they most likely felt it was a very collective thing an exhaustion because really it was a trauma. So I mentioned that because I think it was a very huge baptism by fire to learn how to be active, informed, awake, aware, but also taking care of ourselves. So there's been this dichotomy, again, that's sort of reaching a fever pitch this month so that we can be even more available. So that's what I have in terms of tarot pulls and just to go a little bit deeper here, um, we have two huge moons this month. Again, full moon, lunar eclipse in Aquarius. Um, that I want to talk about, that falls on a Monday. So Mondays are moon days. Um, really beautiful, really powerful time to, again, very receptive time. Um, this is all about Aquarius is ruled by the star, and the star is the deep healer of the tarot. She's also kind of an alien. She's also kind of a visitor from somewhere else, and this is such a beautiful moon for anyone who feels like they aren't represented, they aren't seen, that their beautiful way of living, being in the world, whether that's their sexuality, their gender identification... Uh, you know, their, the color of their skin, their culture, their background, um, even someone who has suffered trauma and who 
you know, works and lives in an environment where that's not readily honored, um, you know, I see you and this moon in Aquarius is for you. It is truly, um, even if we are very, um, culturally represented, this moon is here in the overculture. This moon is here to help the true parts of us, the parts that don't necessarily feel like they've ever really belonged or they've ever been accepted or they've ever been okay, to be freed, to not give a fuck, to put it out there and to live our truth and to live as spectacularly and as beautifully as possible and to offer an energetic, deep energetic healing to the trauma that comes up with you know, years, generations, decades of not being seen, heard, acknowledged, honored for that. Um, again, the star is the deep nervous system healer of the tarot. It is the deep trauma healer of the tarot. So it's both about clearing and healing and about the hope of a whole new way. Aquarians see life in a whole new way. You know, they're literally the star children of the tarot. So this moon is beautiful for any of us who are ready to live in our full embodiment and not give a fuck whether or not people like it. The other moon that we have here is a new moon, total solar eclipse in Leo on the 21st of August. So this is significant because this is the eclipse that's stretching across the United States of America and is going to be visible through the United States of America um, this is going to be significant in many ways. A lot of things being uncovered that haven't been seen before. A lot of kind of, um, it's going to be very important. We'll see how it all shakes out. I hesitate to predict. I don't predict, but, um, this will be, uh, a time to start over. It is the great reset for us collectively, for us as a country, and for us individually. So uh, if we've been wildly out of alignment and out of our truth, this is going to feel really tough. It's not a punishment. It's, um, you know, again, anything that really feels like... um, hardcore, you know, whatever tower stuff. It's really just the identified part that is so, uh, abruptly shattered by the shifts for those of us who are doing the best we can and may not always know when we got it on the money or not, it'll probably be intense, but not earth shattering depends. Maybe if it's earth shattering for you, you're not out of alignment. So it remains to be seen, but this is a cosmic do-over, this eclipse. I can tell you that right now. So when we work with this, this is really about beginning from that day forward to honor the commitment that we're willing to center the self in truth. Again, Leo is all about the self. So we're centering the self in truth And we are making a commitment for the good of our fellow man, for the good of our planet, for the good of our future generations, that we're not, we're no longer going to walk without naming and acknowledging the aspects of us that we don't necessarily love to look at. This is really a time about beginning to live in our shadow without condemning it, but rather honoring it. And where there need to be changes made, we can do that. But really a powerful time for that. Um, I also want to mention that we will be in a Mercury retrograde this month. So Mercury retrogrades, again, are nothing to be too bummed out about. It really is just a time to review, depending on where it hits you in your chart and whether or not you were born with Mercury in retrograde. So for example... I was born during a Mercury retrograde and I love them. Now that I've said that publicly, I wonder, but (laughs) normally I'm very inspired, very in alignment. I love, 
Um, I really do love Mercury retrogrades. Sometimes uh, they're pains in the asses for me, but most of the time I love them. And some people are so affected by them that it really makes uh, them very, very painful. So here are my little pro tips, I guess, for a good Mercury retrograde. So first of all, um, Mercury is the god of communication, messenger, sacred messenger, um, the winged messenger. So Mercury is, you know, is uh, connected with Gemini and with communication, with thinking. So it it's a little bit of, um, it doesn't necessarily mean if you're in a Mercury retrograde that you shouldn't get on a plane or that your phone's going to break. It might if you're being asked to pause in a certain moment, it might, if you're being asked to receive communication in a different way, and if you're too distracted on your phone, Mercury retrograde isn't random, and it's not here to fuck you up. It's actually here to heighten your communication in a whole new way and to help you review what's not been working in terms of the way you've been thinking, the way you've been expressing, the way we've been expressing ourselves so that we can be available for a whole different kind of communication and reception. So I encourage you wholeheartedly to really throw yourself into Mercury retrograde. It's not anything to be afraid of. It really is a majorly important and useful cosmic event and one that brings great gifts if we're willing to let it. You have to go into it with a really welcoming mindset. And sometimes it can be a little fucker, even if we do go into it with the best mindset. But um, if, again, that word willingness, if we're willing, um, it won't be as bad. And, you know, we go into the Mercury retrograde around August 12th. We'll be in that until around September. So I think that might be it for me. Um, Let me think. In terms of other um, forms of support, what this, what has been coming through for me, um, for my clients and for myself, is that there's never been a more important time. This is very pedantic. It's very basic. I'm just going to warn you right off the bat. But the really the biggest ingredients to facilitating a graceful movement through this time are really limited um, uh, contact with cell phones, um, especially social media, being very diligent about what we are eating and beyond eating, consuming, and how we are hydrating. So first of all, hydration is everything. If you're an intuitive, if you're, there's so much caused by dehydration that, uh, would amaze most people. Um, Drinking water helps us clear away toxicity. It helps us stay in our truth. It helps us with inflammation, with aches, with pains, with brain chemistry shit. If you've been going through major brain chemistry shit, I know as someone who moved through massive, crippling PTSD and panic attacks for most of my life, how torturous it was sometimes to just have a sip of water. I know what that is and have enormous compassion for anyone who's in that space right now. But I encourage you, you can even think of me cheering you on to, to drink as much as you can. If food doesn't feel as possible for you, just really make water the priority because water actually helps to flush some of that brain chemistry out so it doesn't stay stuck in the nervous system and in the body, creating more, um, you know, inflammation and pain. Am I suggesting that if you're not drinking enough water, you're hurting yourselves? Absolutely not. You're doing great exactly where you are. And I truly mean that, but really know this is a month to like up the hydration in a way that you never have before. Even if you're drinking a ton, drink more. So I want to also say the eating, So many people have been radically called to shift their diets. I wonder if you've noticed it. Um, You may have been exposed to 
a documentary, you might have heard something, or you might have just noticed, like, ugh, my body like just doesn't want that food anymore. Be really gentle about it and curious and playful, but go with it. Don't force yourself to eat what your body's not asking you for. Some people are sort of being called to really have no more animal protein. That's fabulous. Some people are really feeling, I've heard that across the board, people who are not spiritual, people who are spiritual, people who've been, you know, um, who've been exposed to things, people who haven't. It's very powerful right now. I have no doubt that it is a larger collective invitation. I do eat animal protein, like as of today, but I'm open. You know, once I feel that call, it's still what my body's asking for. But if it doesn't, I am, I'm down to stop <laughs> anytime. So, um, pay attention to what your body's asking for. Is something making you feel a little sick? Is something making you feel a little grossed out? Are you craving certain things? Don't, um, don't ignore that. Um, I'm getting intuitively to really lean into that and look deeply at it. And then I want to talk about the cell phone thing. So I want to say something um, that maybe you've never heard before. Truly aligned spiritual paths can't be contained in an Instagram post. So if you've been fooling yourself or believing um, that someone's really on their path because they're talking about it on an Instagram post, I promise you that person's not lying to you. I write about that stuff. That It comes from the heart. I'm sure that it does. But it's a tenth of what you're seeing. It's a tenth. I won't, Maybe even less than a tenth. The journey, the, the harm of comparison is something that we're being called to really be diligent about now. We can't, Instagram really, I, I love Instagram. So this isn't me going on the warpath about Instagram, but Instagram has sort of become a little bit of a monster uh, on in how um, it's started to very slowly become a controlled visual pseudo representation of the spiritual healer or the person on their path is not true. It's again, as anyone that you see up there, maybe some people are lying. Who knows? I'm sure everyone has great intentions, but I can tell you that anything that I've really gone through that has been earth shattering and life changing to me, I don't know how to share it. It's beyond words. It's beyond expression. And I also want to say that the, the, the journey of one's soul path is quite raw. <laughs> like, it's very dirty. Um, it's really hard to verbalize. And it's really hard to explain. Um, and if you've been there, I want to fucking celebrate you. Because... I don't see too many people talking about this, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, Being raw and messy on the path is a requirement if you want to be of service. If you're working with a teacher who never goes through anything, they're always okay, they don't have any challenges, um, I encourage you to look for a different teacher because teachers are just like you. They've just hacked through the woods with their machete uh, for a little bit longer than some of us have. And then all of a sudden there are people um, asking them, hey, how'd you do that? And all they're doing is just showing you, you're the one doing the work with your machete in your own personal forest to hack down your woods. So let's fucking also say that teacher doesn't have any more power, certainly doesn't have um, the power that you do in your own life. But yeah, there's, um, I, again, I honor every sister and brother on the path with me and everybody who, I do this too. It's 
again, not throwing stones at anyone. But I do think it's important to name that it's a sliver and it's not the deal. It's not the deal. And there's a bypassing that can seem so tempting because when we feel raw and messy and funky, um, there can be this temptation because of these visual representations that we're doing something wrong or that somehow we've made a wrong turn or that this person never goes through that. That is bullshit. I'm telling you, (laughs) they're just maybe not talking about it, but there are some beautiful people out there, um, who speak very openly about their journey, who are very honest, who are very raw, or who won't say anything when they're in process. Come back home to the self. When you start noticing yourself comparing in judgment, in envy, perhaps in, you know, maybe even depression, like feeling like, wow, this person has really got it figured out. Um, I want to gently encourage you to, to redirect because it's not about that. I promise you it's not. Um, that person's doing their thing. That person is sharing as much as they are willing to share. Some really beautiful examples of people who are doing this very um, in a really beautiful way. My friend and mentee and beautiful tarot teacher and reader in her own right is uh, Sarah Chapel, And her Instagram, I think, is Heal Yourself. I suck and I can't remember that. I'm sorry, Sarah. I think it's just Sarah M. Chapel, actually. I'll check. Um, my friend Amber, um, who has the Instagram Aquarian Dawn, who is writes the most, yeah, Sarah Chapel's Instagram is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-M, Chapel. Um, she's just as, as raw and as beautiful as they come and really speaks about her own journey with addiction or recovery from addiction and depression in the most beautiful way. She's a beautiful tarot reader and teacher and everyone. Uh, I encourage you to give her a follower a look. My friend Amber from who has the Instagram Aquarian Dawn, uh, both Sarah and Amber are beautiful herbalists and folk herbalists. And Amber has written about her process of grieving her mother and of having her baby and moving through process in such a beautiful and very welcome way. And um, the other person, I know there are more, but the other person that comes to mind is a new follow for me, and her Instagram is called, I have to check. Um, She is of the woods. So after every word, there's an underscore. So it's she underscore is underscore of underscore the underscore woods. Um, She's a, she's literally, her name is is called a savage known as April. (laughs) And, uh, she's really a woman after my own heart. I absolutely love her. Um, these women, um, have brought me so much nourishment, uh, in, on their Instagrams. Also the persistent miracle, my friend Liza, um, there are so many more, I'll share more, but, um, really just couldn't be more in alignment, more beautiful and more capable of standing in power and of truth and of their beautiful healership and just being really fucking raw and honest and um it's great nourishment so I encourage you to check those women out and see how different or how similar they feel to your ideal and standard of what healership looks like online that's just something to think about so that you feel empowered to do your thing, so that you feel empowered to be a brave and courageous voice so that you let people know, hey, I'm going through what you're going through and I'm moving through this and I honor this process. And that's a really important part of standing up in healership. And it's been something that I've valued on Instagram since day one and um I don't always get it right but it is nice to see other people doing it in a way that I think is even more graceful and beautiful than what I've been able to do yet so um there's that for you so that came through just really be gentle about who you're following and comparing yourself to on and off the internet um 
And rather than be on your phone so much, um, maybe just be, practice that. And no phone time might be very helpful for you this month. So that concludes (laughs) podcast one. I hope this served you and um, is helpful. I really welcome your feedback. I'm really new at this. Um, Not new at sharing channels, but obviously this is a brand new baby. So please let me know what you liked, what you didn't like. If you didn't like something, I ask you to be gentle. I do have feelings. Um, I am a Jersey girl motherfucker, but I do have feelings. So please be gentle with me. Um, I'm happy to receive suggestions and feedback. Um, where you can find more about me. So I can be found at my website, lindsaymack.com. I can also be found on Instagram at wild soul healing. This podcast also has an Instagram tarot for the wild soul. Please follow both. If you like, uh, I also would love to, uh, do a little shout out for myself. (laughs) Um, it's really unelegant, but, um, for my tarot scopes for the numinous. So for those of you who don't know this, I do written monthly tarot scopes for the numinous that are uh, out today. And and I do weekly video tarot scopes for the numinous. And one of those will be out, uh, the first one for the week will be out tomorrow, I want to say, um, maybe in two days. But in order to get those, you can subscribe to the Numinous's mailing list because the videos are a mailing list only offering. Um, you can subscribe to my website. I'm going to be making some pretty big announcements about some online trainings and workshops that are going to be going up this fall. So in order to get the skinny on that, you can either follow me on Instagram or yeah, sign up for my mailing list. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. If you have questions, comments, concerns, feedbacks, feedback, compliments, um, anything, again, of alignment, uh, please feel free to email them to me at uh, wildsoulhealing at gmail.com. I will be honored and happy to get them. I wish you a beautiful Lamas. I wish you a beautiful August, a beautiful month. Remember... Um, nothing in this world happens to you. It happens for you, just as it happens for every tree, every flower, everything. Everything is here to help us evolve, whether or not it is fair or good or bad or ugly or beautiful. There is nothing that comes without an invitation to evolve. And I encourage everyone to say yes to that invitation, no matter what spirit drops at your door. So wishing you goodness and blessings and ease and grace. And next week, I'll be dropping a fly interview. Cannot wait to announce this guest. That'll come out next week. Thank you for being here and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.